Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes a message entitled, Hope in Hardship. This message was taught at the Souls Harbor Church in London, Kentucky. On the last broadcast... Brother Rick read his text taken from Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 10 through 15 and then brought us the two T's of a spirit-filled life. Then he gave us the first of five things we need to know to make it to the promise of God. On this broadcast, he brings us the other four. And now, here's Brother Rick. And so it's in struggle that destiny comes forth it's when your house is burning in the rearview mirror that God will say I know the thoughts I have towards you thoughts of good and of hope and everybody in Israel is like yeah right yeah right this is this is what your thoughts is See, destiny comes in difficulty, and you don't understand that. Some of the things you're facing right now is so God can take you to a level you've never even been before. He's just getting you anxious to move. He dried up Elijah's brook because there's a lady at Zarephath got some cornbread cooking. But if you just see the brook, you're going to think God's mad at you. (laughs) Are you listening to me? I'm talking to somebody in hardship right now. God's trying to bring you to where you've never even been before. Mm. Wow. Number two, never. Everybody say never. In fact, just say it never, never, never. I kind of feel like T.D. Jakes. Never, never, never. Never judge God by your present circumstance. One thing you'll never do, make heaven nervous enough to wring its hands. I don't care what you're going through. God ain't tore up about it. <laughs> and we think just because we're crying, he's crying, and all of heaven said, oh, what are we going to do? Do you understand it ain't that way? Listen, God knows your end from your beginning. God never says, oh, I didn't know that's going to happen. God's never shocked. He's never taken by surprise. He never hollers, oops. He knows. He knows where you are. And he has a plan where you are. And he's able to change everything around you in a moment. One encounter, everything changes. But our problem is when things get difficult, God shrinks in our eyes. Sometimes God's a big old, big old, big old God. And then something other goes wrong and God's a little bitty, tiny, teeny God. He doesn't change. You just lose perspective. When I was a kid, I didn't have toys. I've told you this before. We didn't have G.I. Joe or Jane. We didn't even know their family was alive. We had to amuse ourselves. So we played kick the can because there was a can. We put a wheel we could find on a stick and run it. You know, I mean, just. And I remember as a kid, one of my ways I amused myself was there's a light bulb that hung down from the roof. The shade had been broke some other decade because I was a baby. I didn't get blamed for that one, thank God. But I'd close my left eye and I'd take my finger and I'd bring it in front of my face till the whole wall and the whole room disappeared. I wasn't only poor, I was a little slow. But anyway, I do sometimes this for an hour. <laughs> Beat run that stick. But anyway, 
My finger was never bigger than the room. It just got too close to my eye. Now listen to me. Your problem's not bigger than God. He holds the universe in the span of one hand. That means he's got an open hand for your big old problem. Are you listening to me? He ain't overwhelmed by what overwhelmed you. He's not confined by what confines you. He's not struggling with what you're struggling with. He's God. Nothing's changed. Just back off and look at him again. Back off and look at him again. Because, see, it might be a difficult time, but God's still got a plan for you. It may be a horrible condition you're in, but God is God of your circumstance and situation. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Say that backwards. Wow, wow, wow. Look at number three. The good thing is God didn't leave you out. Everybody's got a purpose. God never had an accidental birth. People may have. Or may I say they had an unexpected one. I remember when I was a little boy in school, they started teaching on planning your family. I was a 14th child. And I went home. <laughs> I went home, thought I'd talk to my mom about her plan, her plan for me. I said, Mom, did y'all plan a long time for me? My mama answered me with wisdom. She said, you're here and you're in the plan. <laughs> Listen, you ain't planning for the 14th child. You understand what I'm saying? You're here. You made it in the plan. Just be thankful. Don't, don't ask any more questions. That's all you need to know. You know, you're here. We're not going to kill you. <laughs> but did you know God had a reason I was born? I'm sure they wondered. Number 14. My mom told me how the whole thing went when, when I got older. She said, I remember when the first child, when I found out I was pregnant, the first child, dad come home, we rejoiced. We stood, we joined hands. We jumped around the kitchen like we'd lost our mind. Then the second one come along, and she said, we still hold hands and smile, but we didn't jump. <laughs> and then the third one was born, and she said, we joined hands and prayed. And then she talked about how it just went to where she would dread him coming home. <laughs> God has a purpose for you. God had a purpose for me. My mother had to stay in a bed for nine months for me to be born. Did you know that? The doctors encouraged her to let it go. Whew. But God had a plan. He had a reason for me, Brother Rod. And he got just as much reason for you. Do you hear me? There's a reason why you're here. Oh, he reveals his destiny and difficulty. We judge him so often by what we're going through and stuff, what we're headed to. God has a purpose for you. Now, here's the next thing you need to understand. You'll never know it until you seek it out. Because just because God has a purpose doesn't mean that purpose is going to instantaneously happen with no effort. But he said, you'll seek for me, and you'll find me when you seek for me with your whole heart. I'm a grandfather, and a lot of my life is spent with children because I, I really love my grandkids. How many of you know grandkids are the reward for not killing your children when you thought about it? But now, most of my time is spent with a four-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy. And I play a lot of times by hiding because they want me to run. I'd rather hide. 
than run. They're like, chase me, Papa, and I make one lap around a lamp, and then I jump in the closet <laughs> and rest. And they'll say, Papa, and I'll hide. Just been as quiet as I can, which is kind of tough because I done run around a lamp and I'm out of breath. But I'll stand in that closet and wait for them, and they'll say, Ma, where's Papa? And I just stand there grinning. Because you know what I want? I want them to miss me so bad that they start turning over stuff. Searching for me. You know, sometimes, Lonnie, God just kind of steps out of your life. Till you realize he ain't there. And you start seeking, where are you? Where are you? And he's standing in the shadows waiting for your expectation to meet his intention. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's waiting on your expectations to meet his intention for you. He's got a plan. He's standing there with a plan. But hope means to heighten your expectations to equal his intention. He don't want you to get your need met. He wants to meet his need in you. His ways are not your ways. His ways are higher than your ways. So number one, you got to realize it comes in difficulty. It can't be judged by circumstances. He had a purpose for every one of you. Nobody's left out. You were planned. And his destiny's got to be sought and embraced. Now here's the fifth thing I want to tell you. Don't even start if you're not willing to change. Don't even seek the will of God if you expect to stay where you are. Because how many of you know us Christians, we're like concrete. We're all mixed up and permanently set. And our theme song is we shall not be moved. Amen. We don't want nobody changing our little world. <laughs> we're here at 4 o'clock on the afternoon. Well, you know it take an act of Congress to get some folks on 4 o'clock. But we ain't never done it like that. You know God just doesn't consider how you've done it. I'm a creature of habit. For 15 years, I eat an egg sandwich every morning. 15 years. For 14 and a half, Debbie asked me what I wanted for breakfast. Well, you know, for breakfast, I'm thinking, hey, I think I'll try egg sandwich. <laughs> I don't want nothing changed, do you? I don't want her moving my recliner. She's got a disease of scooting stuff around the house, trying to kill people walking in the dark. But anyway... <laughs> I don't want her to mess my recliner. I got every book I want around it. That bothers her that my library is visible. I got my remote within hands lent. Got my iced tea table. I'm set for life. I don't want nobody to mess with it. Don't you think that chair looks better? I think that chair is fine. I, if men ruled the world, your furniture was set in the same place till it fell through the basement. Not one time, gentlemen, has one time it ever crossed your mind of changing your, no. That's a women's disease. Women think about it. Men don't want nothing to change. I want to sleep in the same bed, have my egg sandwich, do everything normal. And then I start praying, oh, God, use my life. Use my life, Lord. And he says, well, I think I'll send you to Kenya. I go to Kenya. You know what? I, I'm in Kenya and at that time, I weighed 150 pounds more than that. Do you understand? I had my own zip code. I weighed 400 pounds, and I'm in a place that's hot enough to scorch a lizard to death. 
and I'm sweating like John Wayne's horse, and I am sleeping in a bed with my pastor who weighs 285, and the bed happens to be a twin bed. Now, I'm sorry to tell you that because you may have to poke out your mental eye, but let me explain to you that men sleeping in a twin bed when we got our own zip code is a difficult challenge. Because, see, women, they be spooning and all this stuff. Men, men don't do that. So I slept like this for three weeks. And every morning they'd say, what do you want to eat? And I'd think an egg sandwich would really be good. No egg sandwich. You want this dirt? Yeah, yeah. I'll I take a bowl of dirt. Thank you. Listen, I have never slept in the same bed again. And one time I was in a country, gave me an egg sandwich, and they put grass in it. So listen, when you start praying, oh, God, use me, he will. And everything in your life will radically change. <laughs> you have you having service at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Ain't nobody ever had 4. Go around this place and see who's ever had a service at 4 o'clock. Would you check that out? Listen, I'm from eastern Kentucky. What? 4 o'clock? What y'all doing over there? See, when you follow God, he don't follow your agenda. You follow his. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.